0: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the 2022 Williamson County School Board Candidates Forum. Tonight's forum is sponsored by the Williamson County Republican Party, Cheryl Brown, Chairman. Raise your hand, Cheryl. Uh, The Republican women of Williamson County, Debbie Ballard, President. Debbie, okay. And the Williamson County Republican uh, career Republican women, uh, let's see, that would be Sherry Anderson. Where's Sherry? Sherry's to my left. Sherry's going to make sure I don't mess up, so that's why she's sitting close. Um, So to start tonight off, we're going to start with a prayer. Our prayer will be led by Cheryl Brown, chairman of the Williamson County Republican Party. Then we'll have the Pledge of Allegiance by Debbie Ballard, who's president of the Republican Women of Williamson County. So if everyone will please stand, and we'll have the prayer and then the pledge. Cheryl? Okay.
1: Thank you very much. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you cover us with your grace and mercy. Hear our cry, heal our land, and turn our nation back to you. Take away the stony heart and give us a heart of flesh to love one another as you have commanded and bless each person here tonight. We ask that you give each candidate the grace to run this race well. Help us all to remember Only what we do for Christ will last. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Please keep standing and turn turn the flag, please. I
2: pledge pledge allegiance to to the flag of the United States States States
1: of America
3: and to the republic for which it stands, stands,
1: one nation,
3: under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for
1: all.
0: Thank you, ladies. Now, to give a brief opening tonight, let me just tell you who I am. I didn't even introduce myself. I'm Rick Williams, and I'm just a Republican activist. I guess that's the best way you can describe me. I'm all over the state sometimes. But anyway, I'm, I'm very proud to be here tonight. Uh, on Sunday morning at 6.30 if you're bored, sometimes I'm on Fox TV. There's a show called Nashville uh, in Focus, and I'm there, one of the Republicans there. Uh, talking about what's going on to battle the Democrats so if you're really aw- awake on Sunday morning at 6:30, you can catch that and I think Cheryl thought maybe I might be able to do this tonight so thank you ladies for having me now I'm going to introduce the uh, well-known longtime mayor of Williamson County Rogers Anderson to say a few things Rogers thank you
4: Well, thank you Rick and it is a pleasure to be here tonight and to all of the candidates running thank you for stepping up to the plate. A little bit about Williamson County and the school board. Cheryl, um, Sherry asked me to address that. In our county we are 247,726 people. We're divided up into 12 school districts. Those 12 districts really have 12 school board members, one per district and two county commission per district. Therefore we have 24 county commissioners and 12 school board members that represent the people. There's 42,000 boys and girls in our public schools and there's approximately 4,000 teachers that reflect the. Um, direction of the school superintendent who works at the pleasure. Uh, he is appointed by the school board. The main role of the school board, according to TCSA, is to oversee the school school operation and make those deci- decisions for our, for our, uh, our youth and our county. The relationship between the school board and the county commission is quite simple. There's, a, the, we have a total budget in our county of approximately three quarters of a million dollars. That goes, um, that, that that involves the uh, property tax, and some state uh, money that is sent down, and very little of it into federal funds. about, we receive about 45 percent of our funding from the state, about two percent from the feds, and the rest of the money, approximately. of that comes from you as local taxpayers. When the budget is being prepared, all of the information that comes out of our office is sent to uh, the different departments, elected officials, appointed officials, the judges, with the guidelines that are put down. Once the county commission starts on the budget process, then the money is allocated to the school boards and we do not have like a lot of people think line-item veto Uh, that does not occur from the school, the the county commission side once it really goes into the school side then if you have in one major category and you want to shift money over to the other major category i.e. let's say 85 percent of the funding that goes in for schools or any other department is mostly personnel So if you wanted to transfer pay from all teachers over to something else other than that, you would need to go and get the school board approval and get county commissioner approval. So that's kind of the quick snapshot of it. Um, I I think I would say this to everyone so they fully understand. Williamson County's major infrastructure draw to our county for the last 20 to 25 years has been our public education standards that we have put here. Many surveys have reflected that and that's a good thing that you would have in your community, particularly on the economic development side, which brings in jobs and to so many of us jobs are so important for the well-being of future growth as we continue to grow. The other thing that is always interesting uh, for people to realize that Uh, Out of the total taxable dollar operational side, 65% of the total budget goes towards public education in our community. If you put the debt on there, so when school buildings are built, we have 50 school buildings in our county, 10 high schools. Always interesting to see how many people can really name all 10 high schools. That's a challenge. But we have 50. We have funding approved for two additional schools within the next 24 months. 65% of the funding for operational of our total budget is for schools. If you put the debt on, that is to pay for the school buildings, which are always on 20-year notes. That's about another 6%, so 71% of our total budget goes back into public education this County Commission school boards for the 35 years that I've been around uh, is very very focused on our public education do what you want me to introduce or have Rick come back up let's let Rick
0: <laughs> thank you Rogers thank you very much the Two gentlemen. They'll be asking the questions tonight. We have one is from the Williamson Herald, Derby Jones. Derby, raise your hand so they know who to throw something at. Okay, there you go. (laughs) And longtime radio and news person here in the county, Tom Lawrence. Tom, raise your hand. Thank you. Now I'm going to put my backside to the best side to the audience here and. I'm going to introduce the candidates here. In District 4, Josh Brown. <laughs> District 6, Jay Galbraith. <laughs> District 8, Donna Clements. <laughs> Shauna Graham. <laughs> District 10, Ally Wallace-Adair. Also in District 10, Eric Welch. (laughs) District 12, Drayson Beasley. And Jamie, I don't want to get this wrong. Is it Lima? Lima. 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 Jamie Lima in District 12. (laughs) The rules for tonight, the audience please be courteous. Let's let that be all the applause you give after this opening here. Uh, Let's not have any more outbursts or talking while the candidates are speaking, and also hold your applause to the very end going forward. All candidates will have an opportunity for a short one-minute introduction prior to the question-and-answer portion. During the question-and-answer portion section, each candidate will have one minute to answer questions asked by the panel. Rebuttals will not be allowed unless the candidate's name is mentioned by name or another candidate in their answer. If followed, rebuttal will only be 30 seconds. Each candidate will also be given a two-minute closing statement at the end. During the forum, candidates will not be allowed to interrupt one another. However, the moderator may need to interrupt if a response exceeds the allotted time. And to that extent, we have cards here. When you're down to 10 seconds, I have Mr. Mark Rogers over here. He's watching the time. He's going to hold one up, and I'll hold one up just like it. Ten seconds, and then when we're, you're out of your time, he'll hold up the red, and I'll hold up the red, and I'll let you finish your sentence, but try not to go too much past that. So I think we've covered the major. I think we've covered the major parts of this. Um, I've got the, we covered the time. So at this point, we're ready for the opening remarks from the candidates, and I'm going to go left to right. My left to right. We'll start with Josh Brown.
5: Are we live here? Okay. Yes. Thank you, Rick. And uh, thanks to Cheryl and the party and and, and everyone who had a part in organizing this event tonight. And and also want to thank all the candidates who put your name on the ballot. Um, I know for me it's the first time to be on the ballot. Um, I know that that takes a lot of sacrifice and a lot of commitment. So thank you to all of you for being on the ballot and for for running for office. It was my honor in October to be appointed by the county commission to the school board. We have three, my wife Mary Kate's in the audience. We have three children in the public schools. I'm a product of the Williamson County Public Schools myself. Um, I felt it was really important to put myself forward and make a contribution. And I was really, as I said, honored that the County Commission would uh, would appoint me to that role. I think in that last four months since I was appointed, I've done a few things. Um, One is I think I've provided a common sense, conservative voice for the school board. And whether that's listening to parents, Um, whether that's ending the mask mandate i think we've done some really meaningful things i've been an advocate for teachers uh, with the pay raise um, and finding solutions to help them with the challenges they're facing so i look forward to the debate and further conversation thank you all right thank you mr brown next is jay galbraith
6: thank you mike Uh, thank you cheryl and debbie and sherry and all the the Republican organizations that are that are putting this on for us tonight, um, shedding some light on the uh, on all these candidates who, uh, like Josh said, to uh, to to come out and, and put your put your name on the ballot is not a not an easy thing to do. Um, but um, I'm proud to have been uh, serving as the District Six representative on the school board for the last almost eight years. Um, I uh, was born and raised here. Uh, born, went to Scales Elementary and first year of Brentwood Middle School. Looking forward to to that new school being uh, being built. But in um, Brentwood High, and now my uh, my five kids, two of them have graduated from Ravenwood. Um, the other three um, have been in the been in the schools and look forward to uh, one of the one of the most fun things that I do is watch them uh, graduate. So I look forward to uh, to serving the uh, the schools for the next next four years and. Uh, I appreciate appreciate you being out here tonight, thanks.
0: Thank you, Mr. Galbraith. Next, will Shawna Graham.
7: Thank you, good evening everyone. My name is Shawna Graham. I'm originally from Chattanooga. I moved to Nashville in 2008 and I've been in Williamson County for the past five years. I'm an oncology and bone marrow transplant pharmacist by training and I currently serve as the Senior Director of Knowledge Management for HCA Healthcare. I'm also an assistant professor with the University of Tennessee College of Pharmacy. Um, I hold a doctorate degree in pharmacy and a bachelor of science from ETSU in mass communications and chemistry. And while I'm proud of my academic and professional accomplishments. Um, I know my most important job is mom. I have two daughters and they're at Grassland Elementary School grades three and five. My nieces and nephews are at Grassland and Brentwood schools. My husband graduated from Brentwood High. I graduated from Central High in Hamilton County. Uh, We love this community. I'm running for school board to give back and um, I hope I can earn your vote. Thank you.
0: Thank you Mrs. Graham. Next we have Donna Clements
7: Thank you, and thank you
8: for all hosting tonight. Um, I'm running for School Board District 8. Over 20 years ago, my husband and I moved to Williamson County, and it's here we raised our four children. I love this county. I'm invested in this county. I want to see only what's best for Williamson County and its future. We are all here tonight because we care deeply about the future of Williamson County schools. (coughs) Education is my passion, my whole life, I have been invested in education with an undergraduate degree in in psychology from UNC and a master's in elementary education. um, I know I can give um, so much to the Williamson County School Board, um, and I look forward to earning your vote.
0: Thank you, Mrs. Clements. Next, we have Allie wallace Adair.
9: All right, are we live? all right good evening I'm honored to be here tonight and I appreciate each of you taking the time to be here I'm a lifetime Williamson County resident and a product of Williamson County Schools attending several schools in the county and graduate, graduating from Centennial High School my mother is a retired Williamson County school teacher and I believe in our school system so much that I chose to stay here in Williamson County for my children to receive the same great education that I did I believe that either myself or one of my children have attended every school in district 10. I know from walking the journey with my own children that every child has a story however every child's story is not the same even in the same family I'm running because I believe each child each parent each teacher and each family's unique story is important I want to support the loudest parent in the room. I also want to support the quietest, most reserved parent in the room that has felt like they have not been heard. In addition, I want to support the parents that have not been heard or the ones that are afraid to say anything.
0: Thank you, Mrs. Adair. Next in District
10: 10, we have Eric Welch. Hi, I'm Eric Welch, and I was not uh, as, as blessed as Allie to be born in this community. I uh, grew up in a, a military family, and so we bounced all around, and if you know any military brats, you ask them where they're from, and they get kind of that deer-in-the-headlights look, but we've been here since uh, 2000, which for me would have been about seven moves as I was growing up as a kid, so I've been very blessed that my, my children have been able to grow up here and set their roots down. Uh, we moved to Williamson County for the school system Uh, moving to Nashville and uh, just told our realtor I just want to find where the best schools are and which drove us uh, to this area. I've been on the board since 2010, Uh, have been an active parent leader and volunteer in the school systems, uh, PTOs within uh, Franklin Special School District, Williamson County Schools on the executive board have been uh, on the Cougar Athletic Club have have been several other boards that way as well and it's going to be a challenging time for the school district so there's a lot ahead of us and really need some good leadership uh, going forward
0: thank you mr. Welch now we move to district 12 Drayson Beasley
2: yes good afternoon everyone well, I'm Drayson Beasley. I have, uh, I'm born and raised here in Middle Tennessee. A lot of people can't say that. Um, so I know our culture. I know our families. Um, I currently live in Ladd Park, which is District 12. I love my community. Um, I have been in my industry for 24 years. I have been serving at-risk children. I have a degree in education and also I'm an administrator for uh, Williamson County Juvenile Services. Um, again I am in District 12 Um, I did marry my high school sweetheart if anybody knows me you know that's my pulse that's my heartbeat there Um, and we have three children and our children are in the district Um, we have a kindergartner and also we have um, a uh, fourth grader and also a rising ninth grader Um, and so we love our schools we um, we love living in Williamson County and um, I am a man of faith So thank you
11: for letting me speak tonight.
0: Thank you, Mr. Beasley. Now in District 12, we have Jamie Lima.
11: Hello, I'm Jamie Lima, and I'm running for school board District 12. My family decided to move to Williamson County six years ago when my wife was pregnant with our first child. We wanted to live in a nice area where we could settle down and raise our children. And we love it. We love it so much that we've had two more kids purchased a Harley Davidson dealership in Cool Springs and have loved living here ever since. While preparing our oldest child to enter kindergarten, we became aware of a harmful curriculum in our schools. Right then, I realized I needed to become more than a father and a businessman. I needed to become an advocate for children and parents in Williamson County. To be a voice on the board where we currently don't have one. To stand up for our rights as parents and to uphold the traditional conservative values that Williamson County is famous for. That's the reason I'm sitting here before you tonight and why I look forward to responding to your questions. Thank you.
0: Thank you, sir. All
11: right, that first round went well. Everybody
0: saw how we used the cards. I think everything's going to go well. We move on now. We're going to have the panelists start asking the questions. And I will rotate who gets the question first. So Josh started off with the uh, Mr. Brown, excuse me, started off with uh, the uh, introduction. So I'll go to Jay for this first question, and we'll start with Mr. Lawrence. You'll ask the first question. Uh, this
3: uh, this meeting makes Williamson County history. Uh, this election will be. The first partisan election for Williamson County School Board. Is that a good idea?
6: Oh, that's it. Yeah. That's All it. right. Okay. okay. There we go. I thought. I, uh, so I wasn't. I've never pushed for partisan elections. I um, in in some respects there has always been politics involved in. In Williamson County Schools, uh, any, if anybody thinks differently, um, it, they haven't seen a lot of uh, a lot of school board meetings. But um, I think our role, really, the way we elect officials onto the school board, um, doesn't really change the way we are to act. And I intend to conduct myself with the sa- in the same manner that I have for the last eight years, and that is with respect to. Uh, everyone, not representing a, a political party necessarily, um, but representing the people um, and the children and the students of, of Williamson County equally. So, um, while the way we elect them will change, um, the way I conduct business and I think the way that business will be conducted um, will not be changing at all. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Mr. Galbraith. Shauna. You.
7: Um- so I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea that we're having um, partisan elections now. I'm a proud conservative. Um, that is my viewpoint in politics. However, um, it's it's somewhat unfortunate that school boards um, need to be partisan now. Um, I do think it's good for voters to understand um, someone's worldview. Um, you know, when I talk to all my grassland mom friends, there's no D and R behind our names. We all want the exact same thing for our children. It's opportunities. It's a safe environment at school. Um, we're just parents, and so that's that's how I would govern as a, as a board member.
0: Thank you, Shauna. Next, Donna.
7: Thank you, um, and I agree
8: a lot with what these guys have said. I think, um, in some ways, there's been a it's been good because there's some defining and clarative issues when when you see um, when you bring in politics but it's also hard because education is about the children and we've got to put the children first um, I live in a unique family where we have we have some liberals and some conservatives I'm a Christian conservative and um, that's where my voice will be but again I've learned how to work with Democrats and worked with Republicans to to um, come together on a lot of ideas. And I think that's really what's important is coming together. Thank
0: you, Donna. Uh, Allie?
9: So I agree with everybody else. Um, As the state allowed for the election to become partisan, I'm happy to be running as a conservative Republican. But I'm also um, most interested in hearing all the stories of District 10 and supporting all of those constituents.
0: Thank you.
10: Next, Eric. So I've been a lifetime Republican. I was a college Republican. I was an intern for Senator uh, John Warner uh, in, his, in his media office. Uh, had a dog named Reagan. Um, but I'm not a fan uh, of it. And um, the reason I'm, I'm not a fan is things like I, I don't know what my mechanic's politics are. Uh, I care that he can fix my car. And. The party has a, a, a very important part and plays a leadership role in a lot of things. Allows us to sort of band together as a group, we're stronger in numbers than, than we are as individuals. But I, I think it's a shame to have to look at everything through a political lens. The, the politicization of sports that we've seen more and more, I think, is a is a shame. Um, education should be one of those areas where we don't have that, and frankly i i don't care what a child's parents politics are i want to focus on the child and provide that child the very best education that we can uh regardless
0: all right thank you eric drayson
2: yes well i'm not in favor of it now Um, i'm sorry you cannot hear me all right so i do a lot of coaching with basketball and football also Whenever I'm working with families in in my my job, I engage with those families, and I usually do not think about if they're Republican or Democratic or Independent whenever I'm engaging with them. I just meet people where they're at. So that's why I somewhat disagree with
11: having a partisanship.
0: All right. Thank you, Grayson. Uh, Jamie?
11: I agree with it because we're putting candidates forward, and we're allowing the community to pick the candidate they feel best to represent them and to handle their children, okay? It's all about the kids and how we can protect them, how we can culture them, because the job of the school is to prepare our children for life afterwards, how well we can make it. And when we have more candidates to run, parents have more options. You have more people to pick from. The more people running and the more we have to pick and pick from, the better well-rounded we can make the school board. So, it's good. Thank you, Jamie. All right, we'll go to our second
0: question. And our Williamson Herald owner and publisher, Derby Jones, will ask that question.
12: Now, does Mr. Brown need to answer that question? Does, sir-
0: oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Josh, go
5: ahead. I'm sorry. Gee, thanks, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've been active in Republican politics my entire adult life. Um, I think anyone who knows me knows my Republican credentials uh, in that regard. Um, I think partisan elections uh, can help bring out uh, more of where be- where people stand on the issues. Um, you know. And I think it's perfectly fine that voters know where candidates stand on some important issues. So if, elect- if partisan elections can help bring that out, then that's fine. Um, on the board, we sign a code of ethics to not engage in partisan uh, representation in our board deliberations uh, i 'm abiding by that now. I will continue to abide by that um, and so you know I think we don 't have partisanship in the classroom we don 't have it on the board we don 't need it on the board, but if it helps to find out where people are on the, along the way then uh, then i 'm good with that thank you Josh. sorry I, sorry okay. about almost missing you there all right,
0: round two second question derby jones you 're up and let him have it
12: all right, thank you. Um, Yes. I'm trying to figure out which one to go with here. Where do you stand on charter schools and the legislation that is currently being considered by the state legislator that would expand charter schools and bypass local school boards? We'll go to Shawna for that Start.
7: Thank you. Um, So charter schools are allowed in Tennessee. Um, They're legal here. I'm a proponent of school choice. I do believe it's a parent's right to send their children to whatever school uh, they deem appropriate. Um, I I believe that um, Williamson County hasn't had the need for charter schools because we have such excellent public schools, and that will be my focus. I will want to keep that. Um, that being said, if a uh, charter comes before the board and I'm um, I'm on, I'm sitting on that board, I will fairly assess that and and vote accordingly. And if they're meeting or exceeding the standards of Williamson County schools, then. Um, you know i would I would vote accordingly,
0: thank you, Shauna Donna
8: Thank you um, I'm for charter schools um, I think the more options that parents have, the better. I think when we um, have more options, it also makes with competition both sides get better, and I think that's a good thing. My nephew is teaching at a charter school now, and um, so I ask. Um, some people about the charter schools because that's that's kind of a foreign concept we don't have one in Williamson County but I think the market will decide if it succeeds if it fails and it's really a low risk because you have to have the people who are supporting it to do the crowd fundraising for it so in a lot of ways that's good but ultimately it comes down to we are here for children we want what's best for the children and we want to see parents have as many options as possible
0: thank you Donna Allie
9: so it is state law um, to accept and allow charter schools. I'm all for parent choice, um, but I do believe that we have a really strong school system here in Williamson County and would like to continue um, to support that. If I were to serve on the board, I would review any kind of charter school application fairly and, um, and vote accordingly.
10: Thank you, Allie. Eric? So the issue here is not really whether or not you support charter schools or how strong they are or aren't in this case. and this specific bill, the, the Board of Education, we've already voted 12-0, all of us unanimously, the, the three of us that are here and our other nine colleagues, that we did not support this legislation or this bill that was prominent. And the reason why, it's, it's really the, the antithesis of what we're talking about conservative small local government. What we're saying is instead of having an elected body that is chosen from our local community that can be recalled, we're going to bypass that. And instead, uh, an organization that's coming from out of state uh, can, can go to an unelected body who may or may not, in most cases are not, from Williams County, and they can decide whether or not that school is appropriate for our particular community. If we are going to talk about the success charters, too, there's not a single charter in Tennessee that outperforms Williamson County schools, not even close. So it's it's the antithesis of what we're getting, what we're talking about a conservative, Republican, representative government. So uh, I do not support it. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Eric. Drayson?
2: Yes, um, I do support uh, charter schools. Um, I think that if Parents have different options out there that they can make the choice for their child. If they want to send them to private school, they have that ability. Um, I would, I would like to see that the local school um, school board to govern that for local government. Um, you know, local um, making sure that you know the charter is correct, make sure it's appropriate, um, and so I, I would support it.
0: Thank you, Drayson. Mm-hmm. Jamie.
11: It is a tough topic because it does compete with our schools, and there's money associated with it. But I'm for parent choice. I feel that the more choices the parents have, the better they are. Our schools are the best right now, but that might not always be the case. But when there's competition and you have to compete against something, you are hold accountable. Our schools are better, like we just said, than the charter schools. But when we know someone's coming in or there's ones there, our eye is on it. And we're going to be focused to make it better and better and better so our kids can excel. If our kids are doing good in our schools and our test scores are way above the charter schools, the charter schools aren't going to be able to make it. That is our job, being on the county school board. But if the charter schools do do good and they're awesome, it's awesome that a parent can have a choice of where they want their children to attend. Thank you, Jamie.
5: Josh? As as a general principle, I've always been supportive of the concept of charter schools. I think when you hear stories about where charter schools have succeeded, they provided a service in an area that that was really lagging behind. And in in Tennessee, I think we have over 110 charter schools. The vast majority of them are in Davidson and Shelby County. Um, and clearly you have underperforming schools in those counties and those districts where that the charter school has stepped in and really provided a service to those families. I think that's really important. But the standard is, and the standard of the law, and the standards should continue to be, that it's providing and meeting a need that is that the school district isn't meeting and providing. And I think we've all talked about the standards and the quality of education in this county is really high. Uh, it's the gold standard in our state. So... If a, if a charter school comes into Williamson County and seeks to seeks to set up um, operations here, it needs to at least meet or exceed anything that Williamson County is doing and provide a service or a an offering that our our district is not currently providing. Okay. Thank you, Josh. Jay.
6: Thank you. I, I've always I've always been in principle a, a proponent of of choice, uh, particularly. Um, as Josh said, in those in those places where um, where they do have schools that are that are struggling, um, I've not seen it. I've not seen it work particularly well. And, and I and I think per, as it relates to the uh, to the bill at hand, um, you know, the board did uh, agree, and I fully support the fact that we need to we need to have full control over um, over selecting a, a charter school um, where it's going to be it's going to be state and local dollars that funds that um, and I think we need to make sure sh- we need to be the judges of, um, of understanding if it's going to um, provide the same quality of education that we're capable of doing um, and so that's where uh, that's where I want to keep it um, and so I, I don't I'm, I'm a little worried about the um, about being able to to be overridden by the by the State Board and so that's where I stand thanks
0: thank you Jay okay back to Mr. Lawrence now for the third question
3: the average price of a home in Williamson County is now north of seven figures Williamson County teachers can't afford to live here uh, Williamson County Schools with the Williamson County Commission did something new in its history it's vote, they voted for a uh, pay increase In the middle of the year, that's unheard of. Uh, How can we make the Williamson County marketplace more accessible to Williamson County school teachers?
0: And we'll start with uh, District 8, Donna Clements.
8: Thank you. I love this question. I was a teacher, and so I understand um, how the budgeting is really hard. and i but I, I think my heart goes out to teachers because i was at the most recent williamson county school board meeting and there was talk about how teachers are so disgruntled and the morale is at an abysmal low um, we've had 90 teachers leave in the middle of the year and as a school teacher you get into that commitment and you know you're going to be there for the whole year so for some reason normal is ten percent departure around ten percent, eight to twelve percent. We had twenty percent. It was gone way up. So we've got to look at teacher morale. I think teacher pay does help. But despite that four percent raise, we still had a mass exodus, and we've got to determine how we can better things for our
9: teachers. I, my heart is for the teachers. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Donna. Allie.
9: So my mother retired from Williamson County Schools and I am the child of an educator so I know very well how much the struggle is to live in Williamson County Um, it's something that's very familiar to me I do think that um, with the state currently looking at the formula that is utilized for the county um, hopefully we will receive some additional um, funds through that that will allow us to possibly give additional raises and support our teachers where they need it and hopefully keep them here in the county.
0: Thank you, Ali.
10: Eric, we have to continue to pay them more. Um, right now, as, as you heard the mayor say, about 85% of our budget does go towards our staff salaries and benefits. So it's it's the lion's share. I mean, the, you know, you, you hear people say, "Well, we need to be more lean and efficient." We're we're the most lean and efficient district you're going to find just about anywhere. Uh, but Tennessee needs to invest more in public education. We're 46th nationally in what we invest in our school system. And Williamson County is typically in the bottom half of the state uh, in what we get. So, bottom half of the 46th uh, state right there, which is the reason why we have such a heavy portion of our local taxes that go towards that. Uh, so, we've t- that's, that's got to be the biggest thing is, is getting more money from the state. The other thing is uh, creating a better environment for our teachers. Tennessee doesn't produce enough teachers. Um, we have to import them from other states like Ohio and elsewhere to get them in there because we don't self-support. So changing the curriculum in which someone can become a teacher will also help making it easier uh, to access it, their education, everything else. We've got to be a little bit smarter in the other benefits we offer as well.
0: Thank you, Eric. Drayson?
10: Yes, I think
2: a good idea would have would be a um, a incentive for the pay for mentoring program for first year teachers. So maybe we can keep the first year teachers on board. They'll stay here longer. And then also adding on to that, having the ten year teachers maybe mentor the first year teachers and giving an incentive in a pay. For those tenure teachers, so maybe um, they feel like they can get just a little bump up in pay, and then maybe we can keep our teachers here in the county
11: where the cost of living is so great.
0: Thank you, Drayson. Jamie?
11: Yeah, I'd like to go back to the point Donna made earlier. 90 teachers left this year, knowing there was a pay raise coming, which identifies that maybe it's not all pay. Maybe the teachers are unhappy. Maybe the curriculum and the way that the teacher manuals are having the teachers teach the class are making it uncomfortable for them. Usually when someone leaves and they have an exit interview or a job, pay is not the number one reason they're leaving. Usually it's the work environment. I think some of the stuff we have to look into is the work environment for our teachers. Our teachers need to be happy. Our teachers need to be positive. They are nurturing our children in the school. And that is the most important thing. They are the heartbeat of our schools. And without good teachers, we're not going to be the best schools we can be. We need to make sure we are retaining good teachers. We need to do studies about where we are on pay, what the 4% raise did for them, and what we can do to help them inside the school to raise morale for the teachers and students.
0: Thank you, Jamie. Josh? Can we go to you? Go back to... oh I'm sorry okay
8: oh, we're in agreement well
0: he mentioned your name I'm sorry thank you for Debbie uh, Donna your name was mentioned uh, you want to respond uh, I'm happy <laughs> thank well, you I, I, I kind of thought that but I just thank you Debbie for I gotta remember that you know
5: okay Josh your turn
0: your name wasn't mentioned but it is
5: now how about that uh, all right thank, thank you um, I, I was happy to vote for the 3% pay increase um, recently and You know, I was stated then, and I'll state again, that I think we should look very seriously at um, another pay increase in the next budget year, which will start July 1st. And I know that we're going to be taking up the budget uh, at our next work session and at our next board meeting. So I'm sure that conversation is going to come up. You know, Governor Lee just proposed $120 million of additional funding from the state for teacher pay. Uh, Williamson County will get our portion of that, which is a good thing. There's conversation that's already been mentioned about the the funding formula at the state level. Looks like we're going to get, as a a county, maybe about $40 million of additional money annually as a result of that revised formula, uh, all of which helps us to do the things we need to do here at the county level, including beefing up our teacher pay. Thank you, Josh. Jay? Thank you.
6: the majority of our new teachers that are coming in here are, are new teachers. The, the new teachers to the county are brand new teachers. Um, there's no expectation. Um, there should be no expectation of anybody that that everybody employed in, in Williamson County is gonna is going to have to live here. Um, and so, so I, I, I don't think that pacing the pacing our pay scale. And I want to pay I, I want to pay teachers more. I'm proud of the of the raises that we've been able to give them. Um, I look forward to the new funding formula that gives us extra, extra dollars and the bulk of that is probably going to go to, to teacher um, and, and all salaries as well across the district. Um, but new people coming here, um, there's going to have to be the expectation that 50% of, of the people who work in Williamson County um, don't live here and 50% of Williamson Countyans go outside. And so it's not like we're too far away, um, but we do have to continue to create an environment that people want to come um, from wherever they live and work here. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. Shauna. Thank
7: you. Um, so I agree with the the statements that have been made. Uh, I know that 70% of the funding um, for Williamson County Schools comes from our local government, which is one of the highest, if not the highest, in the state. So I agree that the tennis, that the state needs to contribute more, and hopefully that VEP funding formula is going going to do that. Um, we definitely need to be creative on incentives for our teachers um, for recruitment and retainment. Um, it's not just about pay. They've told me that personally. Um, I think any anyone who who works understands that you know your um, your your pay and benefits is a part of it. But if if you don't. Uh, if the culture is bad, if, if there are issues, um, there there's other reasons for leaving. So I definitely think um, I agree with the pay increase. We don't pay them enough. Um, that's, thank you.
0: Thank you, Shauna. Now we'll go back to uh, Mr. Jones. Derby Jones will ask the next question.
12: Yes, in the Williamson County School Board's most recent school board meeting, the school board voted 8 to 2 to upheld the committee decision for the reconsideration of the instructional materials decision to remove one book and restrict the instruction of seven others from the district's wit and wisdom English language arts curriculum. How would, how would you have voted for this and for the incumbents please explain why you voted the way you did.
0: And I'll go to district 10, Allie. Uh, Allie.
9: So I do think it's important to make sure that our curriculum is age-appropriate and hitting our kids at the right maturity level and I also think that transparency um, into that material is um, absolutely huge and important for parents to be able to have that transparency and our route to bring that attention to the board.
0: Thank you, Allie. Also in District 10, Eric Welch.
10: Thank you. So I voted uh, in favor of the committee's recommendation as part of the eight in the eight to two vote. Uh, let, me talk, let me do a quick recap of how we pick the curriculum. So our state board of education, which has been appointed by governors Lee and Haslam, they're the ones who set the standards uh, for the state to follow. The department of education then does the rubric based upon those standards and they chose five to six curriculums that were available for the school districts to pick from. Of those five to six, we looked at five of them. The sixth one we said was not uh, sufficient for what we needed. Our teachers, all of them, K through, K through eight, ling- English language arts, all had the opportunity to read through that and pick what they wanted. So 65% of them, of those five, chose wit and wisdom. We then had a adoption committee, which involved a teacher from every school and a parent from every school. It was an active parent that the principals involved, 85% of them picked Wit and Wisdom. It was 8 to 1 that they chose. So it is a parent and teacher selected curriculum uh, from that point, And the uh, uh, review committee affirmed that when they reviewed the entire thing as well.
0: Thank you, Eric. Now we'll go to District 12, Drayson.
2: Yes. <clears throat> I believe there was 37 books. Uh, seven were modified out of those books. Um, and then we had one that was removed so we had 29 that was untouched um, I would say yes I w- would agree with the board on the decision that they made um, if I was on the board I would continue to review the curriculum and make adjustments as we go
0: Thank You Drayson. also in district 12 Jamie
11: so the vote was to remove a book and restrict others Wit and wisdom is the main reason I'm running the curriculum Okay, this curriculum is emotionally affecting our younger students. The gentleman to my right told me that he has dealt with it with his family over something because the curriculum was teaching suicide in schools at an inappropriate age. Wit and wisdom, and the curriculum we have right now isn't the best for our students. It's not what made Williamson's County Schools what they are. We talk about how great our school is. This was not in our school making it great. This has been our school for two years. It did not pass the state. It failed the state not only once, but twice. It never passed. It got through with a petition. Our kids deserve a better, well-rounded curriculum than Wenton Wisdom.
5: Thank you, Jamie. Josh? yes i was i was one of the two who voted against the the committee recommendation at the board meeting and as i stated then um, i i think that the um that there could have been further modifications made um, and what we were asked to do was to vote on the recommendation as written and i was not in a position to support that recommendation as written i did commend the committee for the work they did Uh, there there were a lot of hours put in a lot of parents need to say this too who took the time to read and review and provide comments about the curriculum? Uh, who invested a lot of time and a lot of passion into that? And I felt like the process could have been better. I felt like the recommendations could have been different, and therefore I voted no. Thank you, Josh. And Josh is in District Four. District Six, Jay Galbraith.
6: So I was uh, I was part of the of the eight votes that uh, that voted for the committee's recommendation. Um, I. Uh, to me it was it was simply a vote of um, if we if we voted no, it was to leave the curriculum as is. I think the committee uh, rightfully um, found that a lot of the at least in these seven or eight books um, that there were um, there were the, there were some things that needed to um, to be ad- adapted um, or completely removed, um, which validated some of the concerns that were that we've heard over the over the last year um, about the curriculum from the from the parents, and so I I thought that I thought we needed to honor that and they did a they did a great job of modifying what they could. Um, there's never going to be a perfect curriculum, and so as long as we can continue to um, to adopt and adapt. Um, that curriculum to the best of our ability. Um, I trust our professionals will continue to do that. Thank you, Jay. District 8, Shauna Graham.
7: Thank you. Um, I'm inclined to agree with Jay on this. Um, I think I would have voted for in favor of it, um, simply because I do think something is, is better than nothing. I have um, a lot of the past couple of years, I've dealt a lot with wit and wisdom. My two daughters are in elementary school. I've had concerns as a parent with some of the content, um, some of the books not being age appropriate. Um, that being said, I, I don't believe a full rip and replace is is a reasonable decision. Um, I think more transparency is always good. We should be able to, um, as parents, you know, decide decide for our children um, what is appropriate. Um Wit and Wisdom is, um, I think there's some valid points to it. The structure I've heard um, is, is good from some teachers, um, and I believe that um, it would be better if we could just um, leave it up to the parents to determine individually uh, what's appropriate um, as an opt-out.
0: Thank you, Shawna. And also in District 8, Donna Clements.
8: Thank you. Um, I would have voted against it. Um, and let me tell you why. There's many reasons. Um, as a teacher, I served on a curriculum selection committee. And I've learned through the, that process that there is a multitude of curricula available. And so we owe my, we owe our children so much more than just accepting what we have and not doing more. Um, and then going back to the t- teacher morale, um, this is a scripted um, lesson plan where teachers are not really given the respect of their profession and they just have to read exactly what is written. And that, I think, was one of the reasons morale is so low. Um, It provides no phonics. This wit and wisdom provides no phonics for the younger children. So we've had to outsource that. Um, So I don't know why we've chosen a curriculum with so many flaws and we owe our children more.
0: All right, thank you, Donna. We'll go back to Mr. Tom Lawrence for the next question.
3: Politics is a business. It's expensive to run for office even for the school board. Have you started raising? uh, This has multiple, multiple questions. Have you started raising money? Has anyone, any organization, local or far away, promised you a large amount of money to help you run?
0: And we'll start now with District
10: 10, Eric Welch. No. the Well, I have started raising money, yes, in in that case. The largest amount of money that I've received from far away uh, came from my son's former wrestling coach who lives out of state right now and sent me a check for $130. So that's, that's the, uh, the biggest largest state, out of state organization that I have. Uh, have not been promised anything from any PACs or any formal organizations like that. Have not sought it out. Do not expect to receive any. Uh, have always received small dollar donations from parents and other uh, education advocates within our community. And that's how I plan to continue with it.
0: District, uh, thank you,
2: Eric. District 12, Drayson Beasley. Uh, <clears throat> at this time, uh, I have not started any fundraising. Um, I have had my treasurer uh, donate to my campaign so far. Um, so I just uh, opened my account. Uh, this is the first time that I'm running for office. I'm excited about it. Um, so I will be um, asking for donations from my campaign uh, very soon. But no, to answer your question.
0: right. thank you, Drayson. Also District 12, Jamie, is Lima, right? Is that right? Lima.
11: Yes, sir. Yeah, it's my first time running as well. My campaign, I haven't even opened the bank account yet. I will need donations. I'm here. I'm excited to run. I'm excited to be a voice for parents on the school board. Um, I am a businessman in this county, and I have a Harley-Davidson dealership. I plan on loaning myself the funds to get started, to get my feet going, and to get running. Um, I'm going to learn a lot. I've never run for office. I feel that I can bring strength here with what I know in the businesses I've run and managing stores with over 50 people involved and I want to get with the community to learn more and see how I can affect positive change in our community.
5: Thank you, Jamie. District 4, Josh Brown. Uh, Yes, I have started raising money. Um, I'm, I'm really Happy with uh, the support I've received so far from a wide variety of folks within Williamson County. Uh, no one has promised me anything uh, as part of those donations.
0: Thank you, Josh. And District Six, Jay Galbraith.
6: So I have, uh, I've really just received a couple of unsolicited donations and uh, and some some promises from from people as I'm as I'm just getting uh, getting started here. I'm thankful to um, to not having to. To really start my campaign in earnest until after the uh, after the primary, but I will be doing so shortly um, don't anticipate taking um, certainly having received any promises from any uh, any PACs or groups um, I, I see that as um, I'm looking for I'm looking to people, um, to the voters of Williamson County, um, not necessarily to groups for support. So there's, there's people out there that are members of lots of groups. They, they, might, they might be endorsing candidates or whatnot. I'm um, not, not seeking the endorsement of, of political action committees, um, but I am to the, uh, to the individual voters of the, of the county. Thank you, Jay. And District 8,
0: Shawna Graham.
7: Uh, I have opened a political bank account this week. I have $100, 50 from me, 50 from my treasurer. (laughs) Um, I will not be accepting any PAC money. Um, I believe my campaign should be funded by moms just like me, um, engaged citizens, the voters of District 8. Those are the people I will um, be held to account um, and uh, no special interest groups at all.
0: Thank you, Shauna. Also, District Eight, Donna Clements.
7: Thank you. This is new for
8: me. It's been a fun journey, and it, I'm choosing to see this as an adventure. Um, and it's early in the campaign. Um, I have had—I um, think my dad has been my biggest donor, um, and so I'm thankful for him. And He gave a thousand dollars, so from North Carolina, but that's the, anything large I've gotten so far is him.
9: <laughs> Thank you.
0: Thank you, Donna. And District. Sheehan, Allie, Adair.
9: So I have just started this journey as well, first time running, um, opened a bank account. I am blessed that um, people believe in my leadership and have started donating to me. Every voice matters, so I'm only looking to seek um, funds from the constituents, the moms, the dads, the teachers, anybody who is interested and wants to support, um, support what I'm doing and where I'm headed. So, not looking to receive any PAC money or any endorsements. Thank you, Abby.
0: Thank you, you know? There it is. Thank you, Allie. Okay, our next question will be from Dorby Jones.
12: Yes, thank you, Rick. There has been a lot of conversation locally and nationally about critical race theory and concerns about being taught in our schools. What is your position on CRT, critical race theory, and do you believe it's being taught in our schools?
0: And that question, we start with uh, District 12, Drayson Beasley.
2: Yes, I believe that, <coughs> that we should teach a accurate view of history in our classrooms, an accurate view. Yes, there's some good, great things that's happened in our history, right? And also, there's some terrible things that have happened in our history. I don't believe that any child should feel superior or inferior, okay, by any race that they are or anybody that's in their in their classroom. As a board member, I think it's our responsibility to make sure that there's no hidden agenda in the curriculum that we provide for these kids. Okay, that's it.
0: Thank you, Drayson. Mm-hmm. Also, District 12, Jamie Lima.
11: Yeah, I'm against CRT, strongly against CRT. We don't need it in our schools. I love America. I want my kids to love America. Uh, This is a country that immigrants have flocked to because of the American dream. And our children can aspire to be whatever they want. The teachings in CRT and possibly some curriculums we have in our school, which is a portion of it, and there's likeness and similarity in them, they're affecting some of our younger adults. They're traumatizing them. They're traumatizing the teachers, how the teacher has to teach them. And I believe that is leading to why some of our teachers are leaving our schools. You know, we need the best teachers we can have to cultivate our students. I don't believe it's just negative for our students, but our teachers. There's a time and an age-appropriate time to teach these teachings when we get into that kind of learning that's in-depth. There's no reason a curriculum should possibly hurt one child. One child being affected by a bad curriculum is one too many.
0: Thank you, Jamie. District, We'll go to District 4 now. Josh Brown?
5: I think if you ask 100 people what CRT is, you get 100 different answers. And one of the things I think that is really incumbent upon us as board members, as citizens, is to is to understand what we mean when we talk about critical race theory. If you look at the academic definition of what CRT is, uh, I I don't support that. I think that's harmful. I think it's not productive. Do I think that in that purest form that CRT is being taught in our county schools? I don't. Um, But it's our job as a board, legally our job as a board, to have oversight over what's being taught, to make sure there's not indoctrination or bias introduced in any of the teaching that's happening in, for our kids. And so I think that's the thing we have a responsibility to look out for. Uh, and that's my commitment. Thank you Josh. We go to District 6 Jay Galbraith. So
6: I, I agree that you're um, that you're going to have be hard pressed to find um, to find everybody to agree on what um, on what the term means exactly critical race theory. Um, I I too am for uh, for an accurate teaching, an accurate depiction of history, um, and not making people feel um, feel less than or more than because of um, of anything about them that they that they can't control, um, and so we uh, do we have CRT in our uh, in our curriculum in our schools? I don't think so at all. Um, could there be statements that are made by individual people from time to time? I think we have to do the best that we can to, uh, to make sure if, that, if things come about and people make complaints that we, uh, that we address those to the best of our, our ability. Um, there was a white privilege um, training back uh, several years ago. It happened. Um, we said that it was a mistake that it happened and we, and we stopped it and snuffed it out. And so we don't, I don't think that, that that kind of thing belongs in our schools.
0: Thank you, Jay. Uh, We go now to District 8, Shawna Graham.
7: Thank you. Um, uh, I agree with the comments um, just previously made on CRT. um, From the academic definition, Uh, I don't believe that's being taught in our schools. Um, However, any ideology or concepts or terminology that's being used to sort children, categorize children by their race and make them believe that is the most important thing about them, um, more important than their personality, their hopes, their dreams, who they are, is, is wrong. It's too much focus. I, I, I do want an accurate portrayal, portrayal of history. I want my children to learn about slavery. Uh, I want them to learn about um, Jim Crow and Reconstruction and the failures with those things. Um, I, I don't think we have to have an ideology that... Um, you know, makes children feel like race is the most important thing about them.
0: Thank you, Shauna. Also in District Eight, Donna Clements.
8: Thank you. Well, I'm against CRT, um, and what I do believe in is I think we need to move the focus off of skin color and move it to the content of the children's heart, and and we need to value the children for who they are. Everyone's an individual and different. Um, I do feel that the teachers are feeling pressured on both sides they're feeling pressure to teach some things that are making them uncomfortable and then they're feeling pressure from the parents that they don't want these things to be taught and so again teachers are got are, are feeling a lot of pressure and that's hard that's again the morale so
9: that is where I stand thank you
0: thank you Donna we'll go to now to district 10 Ali Adair
9: So I absolutely believe that we need to teach history. I don't believe that history should be rewritten. um, And I also don't believe in teaching that um, one person is inferior or superior over another. Um, Having had a mom as a teacher, though, I do think that we should start with the thought that teachers will do the right thing as they are navigating these sensitive topics with the children.
0: Thank you, Allie. Also, District uh, 10, Eric Welch.
9: So the
10: question that, you know, are we teaching CRT? I think what people are really asking when that comes up, are you teaching in CRT? Uh, are you I mean, possible in a sociology class we're teaching kind of what it is, here is the concept, you know. But we teach all the different forms of government and everything else. It doesn't mean we're pushing it or promoting it. The concern is are we teaching in it, in which we're advocating that by your ethnicity or your, your sex or something like that, you should feel less or inferior, you should blame for things that happened in the past. That's against state law uh, right off the bat. It doesn't say our CRT, but that's what the law says and does not allow us to do it. Not only do we not do that in Williamson County Schools, but we instruct our teachers not to do that. That is our policy, that, that every child should be treated equally regardless of you know race, creed, religion, gender, anything like that. So it, it does not happen. If it, there is an incident that does occur, uh, parents should bring that up to their principal and that's something that we will take care of immediately.
0: Thank you, Eric. Um, Now we'll go to Tom Lawrence to ask the next question.
3: I think we got very close to it in this one. There are emotional, there are flash words. If you're a member of the uh, school board, you'd better not bring up Common Core. Uh, We came mighty close to it with critical race theory. When will you lay down your politics to consider what is good for a child?
0: And we'll start now in District 12, Jamie Lima.
11: Well you should never go at it with politics. It should be going at it with what is best for our students. How are we going to cultivate them to be the best they can be while they're in our schools. And the, the goal of the school is to cultivate them so after they leave the school system, they can be the best person in our societies and succeed in life in what they're going to do outside of the school after they leave. Um, it's not politics. It's coming down to honest teaching. It needs to be honest. We should have patriotic teaching. Our country's great. Our kids should understand our country's the greatest in the world. That's very important to me. Sometimes I feel that's not always emphasized as much as it should be. America is the greatest country on earth. And our experiment has been very good and we need to protect it. So politics should be out of the schools. We should focus on the children and we should focus on the teachers.
0: Thank you, Jamie. Now we'll go to District Four, Josh Brown.
5: Yeah, I mentioned earlier that you know on the board we have a code of ethics that we sign that um, it states we won't bring our politics in, into the board deliberations. And I think that's really important to, to reemphasize that because despite what happens in the, le- in the elections, despite what happens in the campaigns, when we get to the board meetings and our policy meetings, work sessions, our politics really don't matter. Our, our beliefs matter, our values matter, um, where we stand on the issues matters, but our politics really don't matter at that point. And I know the teachers and the students don't really care about our politics. They care about are they getting the right resources? Are they getting the support they need to do what they need to do to teach and to learn? So uh, that's kind of how I view it. Thank
0: you, Josh. Now we'll go to District 6. Jay Galbraith.
5: I agree that
6: (coughs) politics doesn't have any place um, in the in the school board um, realm. Um, we, we are bound by the code of ethics and I take that very seriously to uh, to put students first. Uh, one thing we've been able to do over the last several years, when I came on the board, um, it was just after an, an adoption um, and, a, and another review of curriculum in um, a social studies curriculum back, um, was, I guess it's almost 10 years ago. Uh, since then, we've been able to um, to create our own curriculum our open source curriculum so we took we got teachers um, took a year off of off of teaching and developed the curriculum uh, we've had very very few complaints off of such a a pol- what was a polarizing topic uh, and we've been able to create a great curriculum for uh, for our kids in our classrooms um, and so I look forward to to being able to do do more of uh, more of that
0: Thank you, Jay. Now we go to District 8, Shauna Graham.
7: Thank you. Um, I've spent the past nearly 20 years of my career looking at facts and data and making evidence-based decisions on the care of patients. It's what I do every day in my Monday through Friday job. Um, I, I have no political agenda serving on the board. I certainly have my conservative viewpoints personally. Um, I don't really think that enters into my decision-making. I'm always open to empirical evidence and letting that guide my decisions.
0: Thank you, Shauna. Also, District 8, Donna Clements.
7: Thank you. Um, As serving
8: on school board, um, I will always put children first. Politics comes last. I will make decisions based on what will benefit the children, and that's that's why I'm I'm running Um, every decision we make has to come with the children first.
0: Thank you, Donna. Now we'll go to District 10, Ali Adair.
9: So we are here for the kids and the teachers and um, that's what the board is here to or who they're here to serve so politics um, is put down the second that you assume the role and step into the to the room to have those discussions um, it's not needed um, and as they've mentioned it is on the ethics part of the ethics so um, we're here to serve the kids and the teachers.
0: Thank you Allie also in district 10 Eric Welch.
10: Tom I think the question was when do we lay down the politics and I think it's the the answer to that is we never pick it up at least not when it comes to serving kids that that should not be the consideration it should be what's what's in the best interest of the community the families the kids um everything else that way uh everyone else I I agree in in telling an accurate history uh as well and there are some warts uh because of that I I'm a fourth generation veteran i've got a son who's looking at becoming a fifth generation veteran we're very proud of, of that as well and family we love and fought for this nation as well but we don't love it because we have this artificial view of, of what it is uh I love my wife my wife loves me and she knows i'm far from perfect um so when we we talk about that things i think if we just teach the kids accurately here are the concept here's the things we believe here's the founding of our nation here's the way that we've improved uh, here's the opportunities that we have the kids will naturally love the the nation and it's it's a true real love at that point and not something that's forced or fake in any way
0: thank you Eric now we go to district 12 Drayson Beasley
2: yes I definitely have a passion for um, public schools. Um, I'm, I'm a product of public schools. I, I enjoy them very much, and my kids, uh, they do as well. Um, I don't believe that politics should be involved in in school at this uh, at this time. Um, for 24 years, I've devoted my life to serving families, and um, I never allow politics to be involved with serving families. I just want to make sure they get the best education and the best care that they could possibly have. Um, I think we should support the teachers um, definitely in two ways. Um, I think we should trust the teachers, trust their professionalism. We hired them. We trust them with our kids every single day, and we need to believe in them that they're teaching them the most appropriate things. Also, we need to make sure that them by equipping them with the appropriate tools that they need as well. So,
0: Thank you, Drayson. Mm-hmm. I want to compliment all of you for doing a great job so far. Thank you for working with us. And we'll now move back to Mr. Derby Jones for our next question.
12: Yes. In February, WCS Human Resources shared with the school board the top reasons teachers were leaving. At the top of the list, teachers said they don't feel like families and communities care about them based on degrading emails and social media. A principal was quoted... Teachers feel like they have lost the support of the community. They don't feel like they matter to families like they did in the past. In your opinion, what do you think is responsible for the lack of teacher satisfaction?
0: And we'll go to District 4, Josh Brown.
5: I I think that one of the things that we've got to be really careful about as as a community, uh, and it starts with me, is make sure that teachers are not blamed for what decisions the board makes or that state legislature makes or the federal government makes. I think if you look at the the policy manual for um, Williamson County Schools, and I would say for probably any school district, it is massive. (laughs) The amount of requirements and regulations and uh, expectations that our teachers have. if I could, I'd go wave a magic wand, and we would reduce that by by a third or by half. But I realize we can't do that. But I think that contributes to the, the feeling of teachers having the pressure, the lack of appreciation. And I feel like parents have lashed out with under the pandemic especially, but even for other reasons have lashed out at the teachers. That's not where the blame lies. The teachers are doing their jobs. The teachers are under a lot of stress. I would, we'd be well advised to make sure that we're not pointing the fingers at them and directing our frustrations at our teachers.
0: Thank you, Josh. Now we go to District 6, Jay Galbraith.
6: So uh, teachers have been at ground zero of a, of a really, really tough time in, in our nation. Um, Everybody's stressed. They're at, they, they sit right between the kids that they're trying to teach and the parents who want desperately the best thing for them. Um, they've had a lot thrown on them Um, we've administratively just have administration is trying to pull some things off the teachers to remove some things off their plate Um, we've been trying for a while uh, I've been advocating and and I think now we're gonna actually survey the teachers to find out in detail um, what um, what is it about uh, what is it about this now what can we do what's what's the what are the stresses uh, what could you what can we do to relieve that stress um, I want to get more parents back into schools get the um, get the parents back with a relationship with the teachers and I think there's going to be that, bi, um, that bi-directional communication I think will help a lot
0: thank you Jay now district 8 uh, Shauna Graham
7: thank you uh, I, I agree that um, It's unfortunate that teachers sort of feel this way. That's the survey data, um, saying that they feel unsupported by the community. Um, We absolutely need to have more parent involvement and getting our parents back into the schools. It's been more than two years since I've seen the inside of my child's classroom. Haven't been to any classroom parties in that time. We are very restricted in what we're able to do in the building. Um, Having those face-to-face conversations and building those relationships is so key. Um, to working out any sort of issues that may come up with your child. Um, I definitely think that's the first step to improving that communication and helping teachers feel like they are supported by parents.
0: Thank you, Shauna. Also District 8, Donna Clements.
7: Thank you. I've talked a lot tonight about teacher
8: morale, and I agree. It is low. Um, teachers are on the front lines, and they're getting pressure from both sides um, under the classroom and then from the parents' Um, some of the solutions that I see uh, one of the parts of my platform is better together I think we need to renew and revitalize that trusted partnership between parents and schools we need the parents back in schools to help the teachers Um, we need to hear from the teachers um, and and give them the opportunity to share anonymously um, their where they are so they don't you know so they don't feel out there but they can share how they feel and what's going on Um, I would love to see peer teaching models where teachers can find a mentor um, or a peer where they can review each other and help each other. And I'd like to see some leadership roles um, for teachers. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Donna. Uh, Now we go to District 10. Allie Adair.
9: So I think back to when my mom was a teacher um, and think of all the help that she received from parents. They would come in Xerox, they would come in laminate, they would come and help with school parties. I had that same opportunity with my 20 year old. Um, Having a a first grader now, outside of being on the PTO board, um, I don't know that, teachers are getting the support that they once did from parents. So I think that it's important um, that we get our parents back in school. We all know that it's much easier to build a relationship with somebody when you have that person to person contact where a lot of teachers right now are receiving emails. And I think we all know in the business world how you can take an email um, the wrong way, maybe not how it was meant. Um, So I just think that it's important to get our parents back in school and supporting our teachers the way that we want to.
0: Thank you, Allie. Also District 8, Eric Welch. I used to have a first sergeant. I'm sorry, know. District 10, Eric Welch. Thank you.
10: So I used to have a first sergeant that I always used to say, you know, talking's talking, doing's doing um, that way. And and I would encourage everyone, you know, everyone here tonight is going to say a lot of good words about supporting teachers, but uh, when you consider who you're you're voting for, Go ahead and, and look at what they've actually done. Ask them, you know, how have you been a parent leader and in involvement? What leadership roles have you done in the community? And that, and even that said, I'm, I'm glad that that the individual running against me, I think, is that type of person. It's probably bad politics for me to say that, but but it's true. I'm, I'm grateful that, uh, that we've got a, a parent leader who's interested in this and, and that role. Um, that said, I think you can look at what happened up on the hill yesterday the testimony and just some of the the venom and nasty issues you know parents being teachers being compared to uh, pedophiles and perverts and white vans and everything uh, that it's just an environment that has to stop uh, and, and show more respect from all levels thank you Eric now
0: we'll go to district 12 Drayson Beasley?
2: Yes. I believe that we should have an increase in parent involvement inside the classroom. Williamson County is definitely known for having parents who are active and super engaged in the classroom. Um, As of Monday, my wife, she was a mystery reader for my kindergartner. And um, my kindergartner, which during the pandemic, never known that parents can even come inside the schools. (laughs) So she was overjoyed that her mother came to read to her. And just how that particular thing there just was so um, it just made her excited about school um, we need parents involved in our schools to gain the best possible educational outcomes for our kids
0: thank you Drayson. Uh now in district 12 Jamie Lima
11: yeah I think it's crucial to have parents involved in the school and like I said Williamson County we're in a very fortunate County <laughs> we're in a well-to-be County and parents have times on their hands it's been hard for teachers of the last two years teaching has changed, the classroom has changed, where it's being taught, how it's being taught is changed. That's hard. Change on anyone's heart in a normal profession, not even being a teacher trying to deal with new classes every single year and the, and the kids are learning it. It's been a very big struggle. Parents into the schools would be a great idea if we can get them in there. Staying in school with the kids would be great because then it's consistency and I think we need some anonymous surveying throughout the year so we can identify the stresses the teachers are dealing with so we can resolve some of the problems because we don't need the teachers feeling like they're not wanted they are the building blocks to our children and we need them happy and we need them doing the best job they can do for for our children and for us.
0: Thank you Jamie now we'll go to uh, I think it's uh, Tom's turn again to ask a question. Mr. Tom Lawrence
3: Each of you are about to be communicated with by Williamson, Inc., Uh, the Williamson County Chamber of Commerce, Uh, the Williamson Herald, and WAKM Radio will be producing a series free to you um, for every candidate. Uh, Please respond to them and try to work it out with them, and, and we'll do the best we can. Uh, I'm fresh out of questions. I appreciate Well, somebody mark
0: that in history that Tom Lawrence is out of questions. Okay.
3: No, you've, you've answ- you have answered my concerns and my questions. I've been around a long time. I remember when Public Law 839 became law. And before that time, Williamson County families who had special needs children, do you know what they did with their children? They hid them, they kept them at home. Now Williamson County is a brilliant shining light for parents with um, children who have problems. Not the best it could be, but it's so much better uh, we have come such a long way. Uh, we don't need to s- stop now and fight amongst ourselves. And I will leave that with you because that's all I've got to say. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Tom. Uh, Mr. Jones, do you have one last question?
12: And you want me to keep going or do I want to wrap it up? We'll it's do up one
0: more and then we'll
12: uh, wrap, wrap it up. up. One more round. All right. Um, That was such a good way to end, though, the way you did that. (laughs) But I do have more questions. So Governor Lee has proposed legislation that would require the school district to establish a mandatory review of all library books to address what may be considered inappropriate material. What is your position on this legislation?
0: And that will go to District 6, Jay Galbraith.
6: We'll start with you. So I'm... i I know what the I know about the legislation I don't know all the details of it but in in general I think that a that a lot of that that this bill probably um started right in this room where a bunch of parents came forward and um and read some uh, some passages out of some books um that were sexual and graphic in nature um that that I don't think have any any place in our in our libraries, and and so, I think we are we're, we're in the process of, of reviewing our policies around uh, around how to how to review these things. Um, I'd like to I'd like to have control to 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 do that as a board and as um, as an administration as our professionals uh, rather than um, rather than have somebody tell us what can and can't be in the in the in our in our libraries, um, and I look forward to continuing that uh, that review.
0: Thank you, Jay. Now we'll go to District 8, Shawna Graham.
7: Thank you, um, I think anytime you have local review, it's better, um, local control. So that mandatory review um, that, that this law would require, I think that's good that the, the board would be able to design what that process looked like. Um, as someone who, you know, Got a journalism degree, my mass communications degree. I'm very pro-First Amendment. I am, I am not in favor of, of censorship. Um, that being said, our most sacred duty to our children is to protect them. And sometimes uh, keeping harmful content out of their hands is what we should be doing as parents. So I do think it's appropriate to evaluate um, the books that are available and um, have a local process for what that looks like if we potentially need to remove something
0: thank you shauna also district gate donna clements
8: thank you i have been um, i've been going to williamson county school board meetings lately and i've been at some of those meetings where these books and i don't know if you guys have been but it's really awkward <laughs> when we hear some of these books um, libraries are vast and we have i would like to see the whole process for the review that's kind of a general but i like the idea of a local or parents I think ultimately our goal is to protect our children. I know it would be hard to be a librarian. All these books that they order, I don't know if they all read them first or if they just take someone's word for it, it would be hard to read every single book coming in. So I would like to know the whole process and be involved in that, thank you.
0: Thank you, Donna. Now we'll go to District 10, Ali Adair.
9: So what I know, um, two things come to mind transparency and I think transparency is never a bad thing um, so I do believe this will bring transparency and then the other portion of it is that it does appear that it does allow for local control so the school board would have the ability to create kind of what that looks like and I think that is um, good as well
10: Thank You Ally also district 10 Eric Welch I think the devil's in the details. I would need to see what the legislation looks like itself, but we do have a review process already in place. All of our librarians in Williams County schools, every single one of them, has a a master's degree in library studies. Uh, They they work with several different reviews to bring in the books. Um, Are they reading each individual, every individual one themselves? Uh, No. I mean, we have literally tens of thousands of books inside our our high school library, And, and then it's the Uh, viewpoint of one individual person. Um, I agree that transparency is good and and that's why we allow parents to be able to see uh, what books that their students are checking out. They can communicate with the librarians and give instructions on what they are and aren't allowed uh, to check out as well. So we're we're very open about that. Um, But I think also when you start pulling one sentence out of context, I, some of the books that we've read as, as kids, uh, Of Mice and Men, Animal Farm, uh, Alice Wonderland*, Scarlet Letter, Outsiders, uh, Modest Proposal, uh, Because I Could Not Stop for Death, all these things. There's sentences and, and phrases in that that, you know, taken out of context sound awful, but those are all great works of literature that we've all read, or at least hopefully should have.
0: Thank you Eric. Now we go to District 12, Grayson Beasley.
2: Yes, I believe that the LEA um, is... I believe, is it better now? I believe that the LEA is transparent, of course, with any information, any books that they're offering our kids. I think the parents, again, should be more involved and they should be aware of what the opportunities and um, of what the kids, what our kids could get their hands on. And I think that's just the the best option at this time.
0: Thank you, Drayson. Also in District 12, Jamie Lima.
11: I agree with the review of the library books because some of the books that we've mentioned tonight and that have been coming up in the school board meetings are concerning. Some of them are disturbing. And for some of the kids in the school, they might be age-appropriate. Some kids might not be age-appropriate. Who's monitoring our kids in the library while they're reviewing these books? When one kid finds that book, he shows the rest of the kids. It's just how it works when you're young. You're like, look what I found, and then it spreads through the school. We don't need material being shown to our kids that is disturbing at an inappropriate age. The review of the library books is great. It needs to be transparent. Parents should be able to review these books, and they should be able to weigh in with the local school board to see if they should be pulled out of the library. Parent choice and transparency is very, it's a big topic. And they need to make a decision
0: thank you jamie and now district four josh brown
5: thank you Um, i've read the legislation and there's two things that i think are really important in that legislation one of them is that it calls for the library book collections of any school to be posted on that school's website Um, i don't think anyone could could argue with with that Um, administratively we'd have to work through how that would be done, how, how long that would take, would there be any cost involved, but the concept of posting our library book collections online to me is a great concept. The second thing it does is it calls for the local school board to set up a policy by which the review of those books would take place, and that it has to include teachers, librarians and parents. Uh, I think that's a very good thing, so I, I'm supportive of the legislation in concept. It, it comes down and allows us as a school board to make the decisions about what the details are of that policy, how the process would actually look. Um, that local control aspect of it is really important.
0: Thank you, Josh. Um, I want to thank Mr. Tom Lawrence and, and Mr. Uh, Derby Jones for your questions tonight. And since Tom was out of one, I'm going to take a point of privilege here. I don't live in this county. I don't vote in this county. I want to ask one last question, and it will be real quick. The major only hire you can make, as far as I know, would be for the su- superintendent of schools here. That's the only thing you all get to vote on. Am I correct? So with that being the case, would you tomorrow, if the, vac- if the superintendent's job was vacant, would you hire, rehire the current superintendent or hire somebody else? Yes or no? And some quick discussion in less than 30 seconds of why you answered why you did I'm just going to go this way. We'll start back. Josh, go ahead. Let's around the room.
5: I have to say that as a as a sitting board member who has a responsibility to um, evaluate and review the superintendent's contract, um, I don't think it's appropriate for me to answer that question.
0: Okay, that's fair. Jay. So
5: I uh, I've had
6: lots of conversations with Jason. Um, my my reviews of him are are on the are on the record. Um, I've told him that I. Um, I support him in the job he's doing. I'm not looking to um, certainly get rid of him. Um, and I, uh, I, I really appreciate the work that he's done, but I, uh, I really, uh, I've, I've been vocal and, and we've got a, a good relationship to, to let him know where are the things that he has, uh, that I think he could improve on, so. Thank you, Jay. Shauna?
7: So I, I would say um, maybe to that answer. Um, I haven't worked with Jason Golden directly. I've obviously seen what I, the public's viewpoint of um, his job performance the past couple of years. Um, I don't think it would be fair to say I would not rehire him um i would definitely want to know who the alternatives are it's not just a simple let's let's get away let's get rid of something similar to the wit and wisdom you know ripping something out um, doesn't always get replaced with something what we would consider better i would definitely um, if elected i would certainly work with whoever the superintendent is and um, give a fair appraisal assessment of the job being done
0: thank you shauna donna
8: Thank you. I have not worked with Jason Golden, so I can't speak to my experience with him, Um, but I'm always open to seeing all candidates. I think it's fair to see the options available, but from what I know, again, I don't have a working relationship with him, so I don't know. That's kind of a hard question to answer, but but that would be my take on it.
0: Thank you, Donna. Allie?
9: So I do think that is a hard question to answer, being that I haven't work directly with him. Um, So I think that we do have an evaluation process um, that the board does and um, I would want to get more involved before I can make a decision like that.
10: Thank you Allie. Eric? Uh, so I have reviewed the superintendent. It's public. It's online. I have voted to renew his contract. and I would do so again. I think he's done an excellent job. Uh, superintendent turnover is up 30% in the state, just as it's kind of been a, a rough environment for teachers. It's been a rough environment for superintendents as, as well. So that's something to keep in mind. And, and put some nose out of joint here, but frankly, if you're running for the Board of Education, you haven't had a conversation sit down with the superintendent of, of schools yet, you need to go do that. He is your your one employee. He's the individual that you work with more than anything else, and you really need to go have that conversation with him. Understand what his role and your role is, and and all the implications of that.
0: Thank you, Eric Drayson.
10: Yeah.
2: <clears throat> yes, um, it's been years since I've worked with um, Mr. Golden um, in juvenile services. I believe he was the uh, Williamson County's um, attorney at one point. Um, so any interaction I've ever had with him has been totally reasonable. Um, but again, um, just like Mr. Brown was saying, I, I think it would be inappropriate for me running for office and thinking that um, I would need to tell the community that um, the superintendent needs to step down. That's not a good move for me.
0: Thank you, Drayson. Jamie? Uh,
11: I'm concerned. Um, I'm a businessman and I approach this like our school's an NFL football team and I wanted to win the Super Bowl. I want the best superintendent. I don't want one that we're hanging around with because he's alright and because it's hard to find a great one. I want the best superintendent. Not just for us to work with, but for our students, our school, our parents. I want the best. I want to win. I want our kids to win. This year, I'm concerned. We just had a school board meeting where we removed one book from the curriculum. We had to remove it. It's been adopted in our system. It's never passed the state, wit and wisdom. Seven books have been flagged. We have 90 teachers, record number, quitting our schools. I'm very concerned. If I'm a parent, I'm really concerned. I think we need to look at it, and we need to see what we can do to improve our superintendent.
0: All right, JB? Thank you very much for answering that last question. Each candidate here tonight was allowed, if they wanted to, to submit a question to their opposing uh, candidate in their race. Some candidates here obviously are not uh, don't have a Republican primary, but there was one uh, submitted for. This was submitted for. Submitted by Donna Clements or submitted by Shauna. Did you submit a question? Shauna submitted a question for Donna Clements. Donna. You're running on a platform of being a longtime educator who has extensive who has extensive background with the Williamson County Schools. Can you explain how teaching in a private school more than 20 years and placing all four of your school age children in homeschool or private school for the past 7 years makes you a compelling voice for private uh, public school families? Absolutely.
8: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Is it on? Yeah, now. Okay, thank you as a candidate early on i created an advisory team of williamson county school parents and a williamson county teacher so instead of just my perspective this team has provided me insight from many families on what is working and what is not all four of my children have attended williamson county schools collectively 17 years ultimately williamson county schools has been the backbone of my children's education my two older children had ieps showing they are unique learners With unique needs as a mom and an educator I've tried to balance my desire for my children to succeed with what is best for each child individually when it comes to education we often joked we're a Heinz 57 family we have experience in private homeschool and public school finally we need to realize that every taxpayer in Williamson County is invested in the schools 70 cents out of every dollar goes to the schools. And that is fantastic. Every citizen in Williamson County is an investor and a stakeholder in the next generation of Williamson County.
0: Thank you, Donna. Some announcements here at the end. Number one, I want to thank all the candidates and the panel and this audience for attending. Upcoming things you need to put on your calendar. We will have the county commissioners here on April the 7th and April the 21st. That's April the 7th and April the 21st. We'll do this again with county commission candidates. Uh, On March uh, Thursday, March the 17th, is the St. Patrick's Mix and Mingle put on by the Republican Party at the Marriott Cool Springs, and they ask you to wear green. On March the 31st, we have the uh, Just Dessert cake auction, so all the candidates will be asked to bring a cake or dessert to be auctioned off. And where will that be at the... uh, Old Natchez Country Club, and the time on that? Six, six, o'clock. six, o'clock. six o'clock on that, and uh, five o'clock on the Mix and Mingle?
1: Five-thirty on the Mix and five Mingle. Five-thirty on
0: the Mix and Mingle, okay. But
1: that is exactly for all our Republican candidates. It is to platform them. We will continue to platform our Republican candidates on and what we're doing, so March That is March 17, Cool Springs Boulevard, uh, Cool Springs Marriott, and uh, wear your green and get your green drinks.
0: And the last announcement I need to make, on April the 23rd, the Williamson County Republican Party will have their annual picnic. So mark those dates down and uh, participate. And other than that, I want to thank everybody for being here. Let's give everybody a round of applause tonight. And we're dismissed.